Welcome to the Team Bikis podcast, Midsummer Festival 2022. Today we are talking with celebrated Australian artist, David Rosetsky. David is an acclaimed Melbourne-based artist and educator with an interdisciplinary and collaborative approach to art making, often working with practitioners from the fields of theatre, dance and film. Welcome, David. Thank you. Thanks, Martha. Thanks for asking me to participate. That's okay. David, can we first discuss the layered collaborative and dynamic work Composite Acts, which was mm -hmm. part of a commission work for Channels Festival. And mm -hmm. I actually witnessed this beautiful work with my partner at Abbotsford Convent, which is a very, very special night. Um, and it was a one night only uh, video at work and live performance with, in, which included dance and, and a couple of collaboration. This enigmatic work examines the relationship between language, desire, exploring identity, social dynamics and power. Could you sort of describe the process of this work's creation and how you develop the collaboration between, I suppose, the dance, the sculptural elements in the space, and then how you sort of wanted the audience to sort of be enveloped around the work to view it? Mm, yeah, well, I guess there's a few questions there and um, so the work was quite a long time in development actually yeah. a number of a number of years um and I guess the starting point that I often refer to with this project was just a conversation that I had with the choreographer Joe Lloyd or a kind of encounter conversation um we were presenting a piece that we'd previously collaborated on called Half Brother at um Arts House in North Melbourne, and um, I think we we're waiting that it was it was going to be the, the like a live um, performed version of a work that uh, Joe had Joe Lloyd had collaborated with me on for video, and so it was I think maybe the first time that I presented one of my works live. But anyway, we we're upstairs, and um, Joe had this jacket with her that she often wears. Um, this you know, nice sort of older style jacket. And she had it on the back of a chair while we were waiting um, upstairs. And I noticed that the jacket had this label in it. Um, and the label was designed by my father, who's a graphic designer. And just to foreground this conversation, the work that was showing downstairs was, was called Half Brother. And that work also kind of referred to, um, you know, my father's passing and kind of the aftermath of his death in a kind of oblique way. And so then the night that we were kind of presenting that work, I noticed that the, Joe had the label in her jacket that my father had design, designed, and I thought that that was, you know, um, kind of a strange sort of coincidence, if you like. And the jacket also belonged to her mother, who had also passed. So, uh, and then she proceeded to tell me about the jacket and uh, her relationship with her mother and all these sort of memories about that. And so was, that was just kind of a very interesting, quite striking moment, which really stayed in my mind kind of long after the event, I guess, for a number of reasons. One, that in this object, there was this 
kind of artifact or kind of reference to my father and his work through the designed label in the jacket. And then also the conversation that Joe had told me in regards to her mother and her relationship to her mother that the jacket kind of brought up for her. So this seemed like quite a strong idea and occurrence that I felt kind of compelled to um, explore it further. And, um, you know, Joe's someone who I've collaborated with a number of times over, you know, you know, 10 to 15 year period. And so that was kind of the starting point for this new um, work, which ended up being composite acts. And so I guess I built on uh, the story of the jacket and the the kind of the memory that that, that brought up for Joe and the conversation that she had, and then um, kind of extended that and invited other collaborators to come in, other performers to come in um, to undertake some sort of I guess creative development. Um, sessions. So uh, Shelley Lassica, who's one of the performers in the work, she came in and we did some creative development uh, with her and also Arabella Fran Starkey, who's a recent graduate from dance at the VCA. Um, And we started to sort of work with the ideas, you know, to do with kind of memory, that the this you know and, and storytelling um, that the jacket kind of uh, brought up um, and kind of built on that and it sort of extended that you know in relation to sort of dance and also asking other the other collabor- the other collaborators to share stories that um, responded to to that story to do with memory and, mm. and people's relationship to um, significant others, you know, within their family and how that impacts on them and their sort of sense of self and, and identity. Yeah, I think of my mother sort of um, really loves style and fashion and um, she's got these pieces from in her wardrobe that she's had from the 70s and the 80s and the, probably the 60s as well. Um, that are incredibly special to her and um, I think there's probably a lot of stories with a lot of those pieces. Um, I think she's got some uh, Melbourne-based designers from the 70s in her collection and I think, um, and and my mum was also interested a bit in dance but she didn't go quite to the professional level but um, for me I know that um, I'm not a dancer, I can't dance, but for my mum... Um, she's always wanted to take us out and, and see, see dance um, performance. Um, yeah, and now I'm going to go into the other work that was a while back now, which is also laid and collaborative and dynamic. This is also sort of looking at social commentary and dialogue through dance and movement. Um, how did where, where did these sort of dances where did you find these these individuals to take part in this one yeah so that's an interesting project and there's definite parallels between um those projects how to feel and composite acts in terms of i guess um uh how i you know collaborate with um you know performers and kind of draw from their own personal histories and so on so um, thinking back to how to feel which was a, a commission for ACA um, first presented there 
Um, I was interested in working with uh, dialogue and, and spoken text, and I wanted a sense of, uh, I guess, naturalism to that text, and I wanted the performers to have the ability to um, deliver the text with that sort of naturalism, but not necessarily be um, speaking their own from their own experience. Yeah. So, like, um, from a process of, um, I often in the kind of early stages of a project will um, record interviews or conversations with the cast based on themes that I'm wanting to develop. And so I did that with um, How to Feel as well. And then through a kind of creative development process, kind of explore abstracting the text or kind of shifting it a bit, I guess, by having other people perform it um, as a way to sort of question um, I guess stereotypes to do with um, gender and identity amongst other things. And then also Stephanie Lake uh, did the choreography for How to Feel and she responded to those, the transcripts of those original interviews that I undertook uh, with the participants, which were also similar to Composite Acts, I guess, looking at um, how people see themselves in relation to others and um, kind of form their identities, um, you know, through that, through yeah. a dialogue. Mm. Mm. It's sort of interesting how people sort of form personality and 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 you know, and and or whether personality is something that you know just when you come out of the womb, that's it's there. Um, just speaking because I'm um, in terms of family because. Um, I suppose I, I speak to my sister and she's got two two little two children now and um, she can see there's a difference in the two children already, like one's um, um, only nearly only six months old and the other mm. little girl, she's um, turning uh, three soon. So it's very interesting to see that there's already kind of a difference in their sort of being. Um, and... Yeah, I suppose that's kind of interesting when people grow and how they, whether self-consciousness plays a part in how they develop or, you know, and, and or their creative side. And then I think people can find out, you know, things about themselves much later and, um, and, and, and be confident to be who they are, um, which kind of leads into the idea of sort of a bit of double exposures, your book, um, yeah. published by M33 and designed by Anna Zagala, which explores the double exposure images, which used layering of imagery and random mm. placement of pictorial elements to give sort of a deeper depth to like the person that you have you have photographed. And, um, and there's a representation there of queer and non-binary individuals in a beautiful and really I feel dignified way that you did that and um how did you sort of develop this was this just people that you knew or you just it's sort of just a sort of organic way that it's developed yeah actually that's the word that just came to my mind when you're asking that question because yeah. it definitely was a very organic process yeah. um the sort of development of those double exposure series of um yeah photographs and initially I was just doing some tests with uh, different black and white film and um, I I think that you know I had a, a group of uh, people who I was photographing for a particular show and some of them I knew and some yeah. of them 
Um, I didn't know, but, um, you know, they were interested in participating in the project and I was interested in working with them. But um, it was actually a mistake, the first double exposure image that I took because I ran the film through oh. the camera twice because it's an analogue process. And, um, yeah. and at first I, uh, I was a bit, you know, shocked and, you know, disappointed that I'd done this, but then I actually discovered that there was some really interesting sort of imagery and uh, I guess the idea of that, uh, that idea of kind of layered um, identity is, you know, something that I'd explored in, in the video works and creating, you know, composites through, you know, different arrangements of text and image, but in this case, um, multiple images was something that I felt was quite exciting and wanted to explore further. So that I think that was back in 2015. And then I just continued to develop that uh, process of, of, of working with double exposures. Um, and, and I think it was, it kind of also was just coincidental or it just so happened that I think, you know, the majority of the subjects were, you know, queer, um, non-binary um and so I thought that was interesting but it, it wasn't really planned necessarily yeah. that way something that I kind of realized more after it happened mm. or while it was happening mm -hmm. mm. yeah um do you sort of um when you have ideas do you quickly write them down or how do you work usually I, I suppose I've I just remember it last though it's like uh, I did have a visual journal but I didn't always like being told to create a visual journal I just wanted mm. I had something and sometimes it came out in words like poetry or something and I just grab a book mm. and write that down um I really just worked that way um so do you sort of you have an idea you write it down or do you devise like just grabbing images like a scrapbook together or or do you just have a reference of, of books that you like aha okay that's that's something I'm reading or that's something. I think like it's sort of been different for different projects. Yeah. So, if, you know, for instance, the Double Exposures project came about by chance and actually, as I mm -hmm. kind of mentioned, that Composite Acts one came about through a chance conversation yeah. as well. I think things just kind of uh, strike me and then sort of stay in my mind and I just keep thinking about them and then I have a number of different notebooks that I write. Mm things in and if I'm lucky I can find those entries again um, and kind of build on them yeah. and so I think it's a combination of, of writing notes um, and just thinking about things and kind of being aware what keeps coming back into my mind as something interesting and worth uh, pursuing and then I might undertake some tests initial tests and then kind of build the project from there through a series of um sketches or mm. you know preliminary creative developments or test shoots or what have you yeah and going back to when you were an art student and you sort of um I think I'm not sure at what stage when did you sort of get into the um the um the sort of artist run space and 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 the importance of that as, as a key sort of stepping stone for young artists as well and or artists that are just really starting out. Um, yeah. yeah. I think you started a artist run space, didn't you, I think? in Yeah, that's right. I think yeah. it was maybe 1994 mm -hmm. um, or 1992, I think 1994. I initiated an artist run space called First Floor, mm -hmm. Artists and Writers Space, and I think I'd been out of 
uh, my uh, art school for a couple of years. Um, so I went to Paran College um, in the late 80s and I think I graduated yeah in the early 90s and at that time it was a very different landscape for younger and emerging artists there weren't so many opportunities to show their work as they are now um, and there weren't so many artist-run spaces um, and there was an artist-run space just across the road for what I was studying at Paran called Store 5 and I used to go there and I I think I was maybe even in one or two shows there and it just seemed like a really um, exciting and, um, you know, useful sort of model uh, for artists to, you know, show their work in. Um, and there was a very kind of strong and sort of uh, robust sort of dialogue that occurred, you know, for the artists who showed there and visited that space. And so that was quite inspiring. And so then when I finished art school and was kind of in that, you know, kind of, didn't have the support or you know network or community around me that you know exists you know ready made for you at art school I, I thought you know it would be great to set up something uh, myself uh, with a group of peers and so that's why um, that was my initial idea and inspiration for starting first floor artists and writers space which I think ran until nine, uh, 2002 yeah, which was a really wonderful opportunity to develop our practices in, in a number of different ways. Yeah, as an art student, did you follow like an art movement or did you sort of follow a living artist at the time or did you have like a hero artist? Not that I could identify, like just yeah. being asked that. Um, when I studied, I think postmodernism was kind of the um, current I guess, art movement that was, you know, I guess fairly influential on me. But, um, and, you know, as I mentioned, there were also, you know, the artists who were showing at um, Store 5 that I, I found very uh, interesting and other artists that I was studying with. Um, I think Kathy Temin was at art school with me and Callum Morton, and they also showed at uh, Store 5. And uh, I think Melinda Harper was an artist who um, invited me to be my first show at uh, Store 5, a group show. So I guess interaction with those artists was, was quite influential, plus the, um, I guess, postmodern artists as well that I was looking at at um, art school um, who were using you know, looking at the effects of popular culture and how that kind of informed, you know, our sense of self and, you know, the yeah. idea of um, identity as something which is maybe performed rather than innate, which sort of goes back to, you know, what you're talking about with your sister's yeah. um, children. And, you know, so that's a question which I guess has been kind of uh, ongoing throughout my practice. Yeah. And I guess maybe that was significant that I became yeah. aware of, you know, that idea yeah. of my identity as, you know, that idea of identity as being performative is quite um, notable and that occurred at art school. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, now I'm just going to go to some um, questions about like overseas travel. Which is okay. <laughs> um, do you have a destination that would you really like to get to if, if the border's open and everything's cool? that you would like to go? Oh, that's a good question. I think uh, I would like to go back to uh, 
Europe and to uh, Italy. I did a really fantastic uh, residency in Prato through um, Monash University and, you know, made some good contacts there and uh, really enjoyed um, some of the galleries and museums in Italy. So I'd like to go back there. Um, yeah. Um, Hopefully yeah. just... <laughs> um, and this is a finishing question now. Um, what is next for 2022 that you can let us know? Yeah, so actually I'm working on a project which is planned to be shown in 2023 uh, oh, in uh, Castlemaine, um, working with the LGBTQI community there, and it'll be presented in March 2023 as part of the Castlemaine uh, State Festival at the Castlemaine Museum. So that's something uh, which I'm really enjoying, uh, starting this sort of preliminary research phase of and meeting with potential collaborators and so on. So, yeah. Okay. That sounds great. One. <laughs> okay. That sounds excellent. Um, and and a, good thing, a good way to finish, I think. Um, thank you so much, David, um, for coming on to Bickies and good luck with everything that you've got going on. Um, and this is... Bye. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for asking me. Two, two, three, two, three, two.